Salutations and welcome to this Hegelian synthesis of blithering thoughts at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe, a post-post-modern, surrealist, feminological, first-person, empirical exploration of ideas and flow, the good life, t-shirt notions, etc. moments, and resources for our spiritual toolbox. Wow, that was a mouthful. Hashtag. Okay, then. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. Today in episode number 22, entitled, Be Well, Do Well, I hope to achieve three things. I want to share some things, suggest something, and propose. But first, let's start with a couple quotes of the day. So yeah, I'm on the other side of the pond now. I've... Uh, I am no longer in France. I've returned from my vacation. My dynamic now moment has uh, transformed into this uh, morning episode, this morning file, I guess you could say. And uh, so the sounds of life that you hear are on the other side of the pond. I'm uh, in the basement of my home doing my walk and talk, moving from uh, the uh, workshop to the downstairs office. So I got my crumple notes in the other room. I got my different resources on the, in, in the office of the, the downstairs. And uh, I got a couple quotes here. So the first one comes to us from Albert Einstein. The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. Okay. So this, uh, this synthesis of the two different podcasts that I've been working on is going to be focusing on creativity, try, attempting to create a creative spring so that we can navigate this uh, difficult world, and also uh, the happiness quest. Those are the kind of things that, that I want to continue to focus on. So in uh, the spirit of creativity, this second quote comes to us from Abraham H. Maslow. Uh, the book is The Farther Reaches of Human Nature. It's a long quote, so I apologize. And he is uh, considered by some to be the grandfather or one of the grandfathers or a grandparent, right? Uh, a grandparent of the positive psychology movement. So he's given us some thoughts about creativity here. I tried to describe to them what these primary creative people are like. They are precisely the ones that make trouble in an organization, usually. I wrote down a list of some of their characteristics that would be guaranteed to make trouble. They tend to be unconventional they tend to be a little bit queer, unrealistic. They are often called undisciplined, sometimes inexact, unscientific, that is, by a specific definition of science. They tend to be called childish by their more compulsive colleagues, irresponsible, wild, crazy, speculative, uncritical, irregular, emotional, and so on. This sounds like a description of a bum or a bohemian or an eccentric. 
And it should be stressed, I suppose, that in the early stages of creativeness, you've got to be a bum. You've got to be a bohemian. You've got to be crazy. This brainstorming technique may help us toward a recipe for being creative as this comes from people who have already successfully been creative. They let themselves be like this in the early stages of thinking. They let themselves be completely uncritical. They allow all sorts of wild ideas to come into their heads and in great bursts of emotion and enthusiasm, they may scribble out a poem or a formula or the mathematical solution or work up the theory or design the experiment. Then, and only then, do they become secondary, become more rational, more controlled, and more critical. If you try to be rational and controlled and orderly in this first stage of the process, you'll never get to it. Now, the brainstorming technique, as I remember it, consisted in just this, in not being critical, letting yourself play with ideas, free association, letting them come out on the table in profusion, and then, only later on, tossing away those ideas which are bad or useless and retaining the ones which are good. If you're afraid of making this kind of crazy mistake, then you'll never get any of the bright ideas either. Wow. I just uh, feel truly inspired by uh, this sentiment that uh, Abraham H. Maslow's sharing with us. So I guess the hope will be that somehow I might be able to inspire someone today who might be uh, struggling with the imagination. And to that end, uh, I have some things I, I indicate. I have some things I want to share, something I want to suggest, and something that I want to propose. So the thing that I'd like to share is uh, just provide uh, some information about other cool podcasts that are out there that you might want to experiment with, explore. the The first one that I've been listening to quite a bit lately is uh, the very bad wizards and uh, not as much but um, a, a portion of a couple of episodes uh, I have listened to from the partially examined life both kind of philosophical and psychological and their their makeup their 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 essence so check them out now the thing I'd like to propose is, uh, it, it relates to the resources that uh, I'm, I'm going to suggest that perhaps you check out. So right now I'm reading a book from Yuval Noah Harari. And, and the book is called Sapiens. And I'm only halfway through. And it's interesting because uh, a friend of mine recommended of it. And when I uh, shared the thought with another friend that perhaps he might check it out, uh, he said he'd actually read it and, and he was significantly disappointed with that book so much so that he, he doesn't appear to be interested in reading any more um, books from that particular author so I leave it to you right because I don't have a monopoly on the truth and I'm not a historian so I can't really give an account whether or not uh, it's a, an accurate um, account of the uh, human experience uh, homo sapiens but 
reading this book, I became aware of another book, and it's in the queue for me to read, by the same author, Noah, I mean, Yuval Noah Harari, and it's called uh, 21 Lessons in the 21st Century. And it, when I became aware of the title, it, like, it actually caught my attention right away, right away. And it kind of linked up with the t-shirt the idea I've had, uh, you know, years ago about this idea of a t-shirt that might say, be well, do well. You know, it's related to uh, this idea of mental health, that if we take care of ourselves, you know, it's difficult to be healthy in this world. But if we, if we can figure out how to do that, then we're going to do the best that we can in this world. Um, so th the question I have I'm going, I'm going to propose in a second, but first I, I want to um, do an activity. So I've, I've identified that the, the main resource I'm suggesting that you check out, and it's risky because I haven't even read it myself, is, is this book by Yuval Noah Harari. And, and you can go online to, to YouTube and you can check out a TED Talk that he has that's related to Sapiens. And uh, the, the, the video I'm watching right now is a Google Talk um, that's featuring Yuval. And it, it sparked some of the, the ideas that uh, motivated this particular episode, Be Well, Do Well, linking you know, these ideas with, with the t-shirt about mental health. So before I pose the question, though, I just want to... Uh, do a quick little activity. I think that if uh, we're trying to promote and encourage um, thinking outside the box, if we're going to attempt to do what Maslow's talking about, there, there are some activities that we can engage in that could increase the likelihood that maybe we might get a little bit more creative, that uh, we can get the creative spring flowing. So this is a game I've been playing a lot with uh, family, friends, and at, at work. It's called Code Names, and there's the word game, Code Names, and then there's Code Names Pictures, and, and I, I enjoy both of them. Uh, so that's one activity you might be able to do. But uh, I'd also like to bring your attention to uh, another game called Taboo, which I think also helps people kind of think outside the box. And uh, so there's a word that I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that you might imagine that you might be able to to say um, wherever it is that you are uh, in response to some words, some phrases that I share with you. But on the card, it indicates there's some words I just can't say. So I can't say one, two, three, four, five. There's five words here that I can't say. So let's uh, let's start this. So I'm gonna say about. Uh, three to four w different words, stop, and then reveal what the word is. Okay, so there you are. Put on your, your thinking cap and get ready to try to intuit what this word is. Light, blinding, eastern rising, glaring. Okay, what'd you come up with? So the words I couldn't say, and maybe this might help you figure out what it is. I couldn't say bright, warm, summer, cloudy, or weather. The word I wanted you to say was sunny. Okay, sunny. So my thought is that sometimes when we're going to engage in some serious 
thinking, you know, in terms of trying to solve a problem, sometimes it could be really helped to orient ourselves for that moment to kind of to, to, to set the, the, the theme that what we want to conjure, to bring into this moment is uh, the imaginative creative juices. So the question I have is, so I, I've shared with you that I think there could be some value in you checking out Very Bad Wizards, Partially Examined Life. Uh, I'm suggesting with some risk that you read this book um, from Yuval Noah Harari called 21 Lessons in the 21st Century. And I'm and I'm doing that because I'm, I'm reading another book and I've watched part of his Google Talk. Um, and in his uh, interview with uh, his, his Google Talk, he's, he's identified that one of the problems of, you know, modern times uh, for, for humanity would be that we can't anticipate what the world's going to look like. We can't, we, we don't know what, in a sense, what tomorrow will bring. Now, as a parent, this is pretty uh, concerning because I guess one of the things that I'd like to do is prepare my kids for the future. But how do I prepare my kids for the future when I don't even know what it's going to look like because we're in a constantly changing world. There's this quote, I think it, uh, it goes to uh, William James. And uh, there's just a portion of the quote that I've incorporated with, you know, the greater thought. It's uh, this idea in terms of like the 21st century, you know, um, that the future is, is unknown and unknowable. Um, you know, we are, we've, we've all been thrust into the blooming, buzzing confusion of a constantly changing world. And in terms of stress, one of the things that definitely escalates stress is uncertainty, not knowing things, not being able to prepare for things, not being able to anticipate things. And, and we can see that there are upsurges in depression and anxiety, mental health concerns. And so now I would like to pose my question. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's an invitation to imagine, to anticipate what Yuval might be offering in this book that I've invited you to read that I haven't read and you haven't read. So like, what might he say? about the 21st century. Um, he's writing a book about the 21 lessons. My question is, what are competencies that we should foster for our children, in our children, for the 21st century? And um, what should a dinner table curriculum for family look like in terms of fostering those competencies, right? So I'm, I'm asking the question, if there are certain things or skills or these things that we can call meta skills or competencies that, you know, my children should have and your children should have, or if you don't have children, your, your niece and your nephew, or, you know, if you're a teacher, the, the students that you're teaching, what are the competencies for the 21st century that they should have? And as, as parents, as um, teachers, in terms of, you know, these opportunities that we have, like dinner table um, discussion times, what, what, what should be the curriculum? What should be the content? Uh, what should we bring to those moments so that we can start to nurture and foster 
these kind of competencies. So I, I'm inviting you to make your list because I, I think that this is something that we should critically reflect upon. Uh, you know, we in, in Ontario right now, there's there's been discussion about the curriculum for um, elementary levels and, uh, you know, the idea of sex education. And there, there's some people saying, like, this should be in the curriculum. This shouldn't be in the curriculum. But I'm saying, like, let's go above that and ask, you know, in terms of the curriculum, what what learning objectives are they they meeting? What should we be holding up as something that is essential uh, for our, our kids to learn in terms of these meta skills? So I have my little list. I encourage you to maybe take a pause and write down what your list is. And my list consists of, and it's not exhaustive. And you know, as, as I've shared in the past, I don't have a monopoly on the truth. But uh, here are some things that, that I think that could be really important competencies for us to nurture in our children. Um, number one, and in no order of importance, I put uh, analytic skills. This idea of being able to break something down, to kind of analyze and to break it into its component parts and see how things fit together. The idea of, you know, this uh, is the antecedent and, and this is the causal outcome. The other thing I, I think uh, that would be important is critical thinking. The questioning of assumptions, the, the wondering, you know, the limits of certain thought, right? Um, and uh, maybe wondering if maybe we've we've got things wrong or we need to do things differently. Uh, for instance, to that end, in terms of critical thinking, uh, there is a quote by, I think it's O.E. Wilson, that says the problem of uh, contemporary times is that we have uh, Paleolithic emotion, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. So in terms of critical thinking, one of the thoughts I had when I was putting all this together in my mind's eye is, you know, are we doing education wrong? If, if we do have these things um, called uh, schools that are based on medieval institutions, and that's just a historical unfolding um, knowing that the world is changing, should the way that we view education, should the way that we approach education, should we, should there be a, a, a fundamental change in the very fabric of what we're doing? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But a part of me was thinking maybe we might be teaching kids things that were relevant to yesteryear and they're, you know, not going to be helpful in the future uh, and we have to think about what kind of competencies make sense to teach our kid do we make sense to teach our kids for a world that is uncertain because if it's an uncertain world it's going to create stress we're going to have anxiety go up we're going to have and what we might find at times is that our kids get caught up in the freeze response they just can't move forward that they're just stuck and that would be a really overwhelming place to be so because of this, uh, another competency would be relationship building. The idea of, you know, in, in terms of the happiness research, if there are increased levels of anxiety and depression, one of the things that we have to do are foster relationships because happiness is, uh, relationship is fundamental to happiness. 
The other thing, too, to consider is that there seem to be a diversity of relationship styles that are emerging, and generations might be confused about how to be okay with these changes. I mean, uh, whoever's initiating the change, I guess change won't be so threatening. For others where the change is kind of, it appears to be thrust upon them, it, it might seem to be very overwhelming. We, we have polyamory that uh, seems to be becoming more popular, at least in the papers. I've become much more aware of it. And, uh, you know, there, there are different thinking that um, in terms of civilizations, uh, these aren't hunter-gatherer times and polyamory just can't work. And others are saying, no, that's not the case. Um, so for us to think about it, but I mean, you know, there, there are just these different options that exist for people in terms of the diversity of relationship styles that we need to figure out how to develop healthy relationships. How are we going to tackle um, jealousy? How are we going to nurture the various relationships that we have, knowing that we only have so much emotional energy to contribute? That it's finite. Um, emotional intelligence would be another competency. If, if the world is overwhelming, if it's hard to be healthy in this world, if depression's going up, if anxiety's going up, people need to be able to identify their feelings. They need to be able to label them, to be able to talk about them. And then they need to manage those feelings. They, they have to figure out ways to stand up to the anxiety, to stand up to the depression, and um, to uh, work with one another to create places of safety and and in the process because relationship is fundamental not only manage my emotions you know it, it's helpful if i can understand and empathize and put myself in the shoes of someone else and understand their feelings to help them manage their feelings because as parents we are the prefrontal cortex of our children and next another competency would be creativity and, and you know that's the whole focus of blithering thoughts about t-shirt ideas, right? I, I'm, I'm attempting to say that out of all the things that we can do to, to be happy in terms of the, the, the correlation that we've discovered between creativity and happiness, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on creativity. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that this is a really important competence, competency to, to teach, to develop, to nurture, to recognize in our young people, because if we're going to be facing uh, problems in this unknown future world, we're going to have to figure out how to think outside the box so we can tackle these problems. And another one, um, the last one on my list for right now, would be this idea of uh, a competence. And so like some people might say, is that really a competency? I, ju I just feel that it, it seems to fit. It's kind of like the facts, the the, the factiness of this, this list kind of suggests that the, the it, it ought to include this idea of initiative that uh, to but but th this and this is important to outline because if sometimes the the experience will be to freeze because the world is so overwhelming and, and uncertain uncertain then how, how can we take initiative there might be fear of um, failure which I mean no it, it seems like this is a big obstacle for people learning um, uh, I shared in previous podcasts by uh, a professor, Tal, who worked at uh, um, Harvard, said, you know, learn to fail or fail to learn. Um, this, is, this, is, this is a truism. So, so that's my list 
And uh, so, so the question I posed was, what are the competencies that we should foster or consider or think about for our children as we move forward into the 21st century? And I suggested that just, you know, once we can identify this list, whatever this list might be, then there's the idea of, well, what's the curriculum? What's the content? And in terms of dinner time conversation, I think that, you know, there could be, a, you know, that, that, that the dinner time conversation in and of itself for be well, do well, that idea of, of good mental health um, and the development of these competencies for uh, uh, do well, be well. Um, that just being at the dinner table and having discussion together, that is a protective factor, right? That is a big deal. But while we're there, you know, what are the things that we can talk about? What are the um, activities that we can plan to do together? Playing games, I think that's really important to creativity, to relationship building, to analytic skills, and, uh, you know, emotional intelligence. It, it's a big one. And playing board games is a big part of what we do at uh, our home here. Uh, and, and right now, um, the one game we've been playing is, uh, I'm, I'm for a loss in the moment, uh, the train game, um, where you, you, uh, get destination cards and you have to, you have to build, um, your, uh, your trains on a, on a track. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. I forget what it's called, uh, but it's been, it's been a, a really popular, popular game. So um, in terms of curriculum right now, one of the things that we are watching with our boys uh, is Little Women uh, from 1984 with Winona Ryder. And I think that that show is a great um, uh, example of an appropriate content for fostering uh, creativity because in the show, the, the character Joe, she really is focusing on um, her, create, her creative capacities and her uh, imaginative ability um, through writing. And just some really good conversation that we're able to have there. So I'm not providing answers, right? I, I don't want to suggest that uh, I have the answers, but but I think the questions are, uh, the, the question that I'm asking is critical in terms of what are competencies for the 21st century, not just for our kids, but also for us, and what are the things, what's the content, what should we be looking at so we should can, we can develop them, these competencies for ourselves and for our kids? And uh, for me, the uh, competency of creativity is essential. Uh, similarly, relationship building also. Um, so uh, thank you for joining in uh, for my first discussion on uh, this side of uh, the other side of the pond I'm back in Canada in uh, southwestern Ontario in K-Town and uh, we'll be going uh, in, in terms of fostering uh, connectedness in the family today we're going to go pick some apples and then uh, make some apple pie so that's going to be delicious but I want to uh, leave with my novel first sentence goes like this. Sophie turned off her phone, grabbed some day-olds from the cafe kitchen, Eve was into freeganism, and slipped out into the cherry blossom carpeted street, smiling while mindfully breathing. She was in pursuit of time. 
Okay, well, thank you for joining me here at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe for this uh, synthesis with blithering thoughts. I look forward to our next tip of the iceberg conversation. I wish you well, peace, and take care.